right, everyone. Welcome in to the latest edition of the PHNX Rising podcast. We are coming to you live from remote places after Rising's 1-1 draw against San Antonio FC. My name is Max Simpson, and I'm joined by the man in the Alamo in the big state of Texas, Mr. Owen Evans. How are we doing tonight? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a game, hasn't it? Let's, let's put it that way. Um, it, it was, well, that was something to sit through. Um, but at least by the end of the game, it was exciting. At least by the end of the game, it was a very exciting finish. 100%. I think, you know, there is so much to get into in this match. I think it's one of those, as you look at it as a whole, the first half is what we've seen in previous games with rising of they come out sometimes incredibly slow. There weren't a ton of chances. The ones that they did have, which were few and far between kind of flubbed up a bit on those first touches, which let them down and didn't really have any genuine opportunities. And then second half was a completely different story with Danny Trejo coming hot out of the gates in the 49th minute, bagging the opening goal, seemingly out of absolutely nowhere with the silkiest of touches. Um, and then things kind of turned very quickly, not too long after Carlos Harvey, second uh, yellow card, drawing a penalty. He's out of the match, uh, rising her down to 10. San Antonio scores the penalty, and then it's just let's bunker and hold for half an hour and that's exactly what rising did that is the simplified version of course but kind of considering that owen what what do we judge this game like what what did we just watch (laughs) it was a game uh (laughs) look at the end of the day i think you have to put this into the perspective of it's a road game against the defending league champions Mm -hmm. in that kind of circumstance you have to say that a point on the road is a creditable result Mm -hmm. it is perfectly acceptable i think if you were looking at this beforehand to say yeah yeah a point in this game good you take it um i think in the circumstances as well in particular um and that's something we're going to hear from shortly um as we hear from juan guerra yeah in the circumstances you have to take it you have to take the, the performance of the boys the way they knuckle down to ultimately get over the line in this one but there was still a lot of there was still a lot of issues i think in this team um the first half performance was not ideal um, by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. And the second half ultimately was undone by uh, probably a poor decision to, to commit the foul. But but also, I think we can broadly agree a poor decision to give the second yellow card in that case. Um, on that note, I think we should probably uh, have a listen here to the first comments from Juan Guerra after the match. But I'm proud of the group. I'm proud of the players. They showed so much heart. They showed so much character. Listen, Owen, we, we came here to to win. We came here to, to go after the game. We didn't come here thinking that we, we wanted to tie the game or we're going to go home happy with a point. Under the circumstances that the game went, a point is good tonight. But I'm bothered. I'm bothered again. And, and I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the referees, man. I promise you I'm not. But it's too much already, man. It's too much. I do think it was a penalty, but there's no chance Carlos Hervey deserves a yellow card probably a few minutes into the game. And then the first yellow card for San Antonio comes at the 84th minute. 
it was too much, man. It was too much, and, and I'm bothered. I'm bothered because it messes with a lot of things, man. It messes with our work. It messes with our boys. It messes with with our li livelihoods, with our families, and it, it is bothering, man. It is bothering. Everybody can make mistakes, but it's been too much already, man. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, first, shout out nicely little uh, peach next. I don't know what you call that thing underneath the microphone, but it's a nice touch, man. Looks that sure. Well, I, I guess the the more boxy thing, but whatever. Um, yeah, it looks that's good. it's called a, it's called a mic flag. Thank you. Nice. I did not know that. The more yeah. the more you learn. Well, that looks nice. But the second thing, it is interesting. I want to get your thoughts on. You know, we were talking a bit right before we hopped on, and you tend to agree with Juan's comments on both ends. In that, you know, it was a pen but that the cards were harsh. And I'm curious, chat, please chime in as well while Owen's answering. But yeah, Owen, we'd love to get your thoughts. I think there's a... I, I'd go slightly more on the fence, as I'm sure you're going to give me stick for on whether it was a penalty or not. What I will say is this. When you are in that kind of a position as a defending player and you put an arm on the attacker going past you and you maintain that arm on them through the, the entire phase of play there, and then that mm -hmm. player goes down, you've given the referee a decision to make. Yep. And if that decision goes against you, it's just, I, I mean, you, you can't really point the finger too much apart from it at yourself. It, it's it's not really helpful to, to put that arm on a player there. Now, on, on the yellow card front, this is where I'm intrigued by this one. I think that it's, it's a combination of two things. Number one is that it's probably not. Well, I mean, it's it's probably not stopping a promising attack in that case, in my opinion. Um, but even if you were to go down the route of saying maybe it is, you really are going to see a second yellow in the penalty area given for something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a reckless foul. It's careless. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there that meets the threshold of reckless in order to to result in a yellow card for that. So it's... It's a strange one. I, I mean, he got the first yellow card for persistent offences. To get then a second yellow card for persistent offences again would be odd. Um, mm. and, and it's something that I know came up with. Why? It's like, look, they they got their first yellow card, San Antonio, in like very late in the game. Very late in the game. Their first yellow card for San Antonio wasn't until the that was the eighty eighty fourth minute. Eighty fourth minute. Yeah. 84th minute um it, it's an odd decision an odd decision i think in that case because the penalty itself again i, I would lean towards it's a penalty and and even just more broadly there i think there's a very uh, obvious you put your hand on someone again you're, you're at fault for that um but the yellow card yeah i think was incredibly harsh um and it's it set a very odd tone, and yeah. we don't normally – normally what happens on this podcast, and I think, Max, you know what? We're going to talk about the referees on this one. Um, Let's go. It's not something that normally I engage with. On this occasion, I'm going to humor you. I think we should talk about it. <laughs> I want to know what you think to start with. You tell me what you think to start with, and I will – Okay. Oh, little turntables got I want to, see to what you think first. That's all it is. No, that's fair. I mean, here's the here's the interesting thing is when you look at the cards and you're actually looking at the number of fouls committed, it's actually pretty even. So I'll say that in terms of the number of times the referee blew the whistle. 18 times on San Antonio, 16 for rising. Yellow card disparity, 
you know, one, the one late in the game for San Antonio. Technically, you're looking at five for rising with two of those yellows being making up that one red card. It's a tough look, man, because I think for me, the thing that I kind of get riles me up a bit is, you know, a couple of those yellows were for, I believe, dissent, right? One on the penalty for Fuenmayor and then another one later in the game for Zem, um, for Zambrano. And it's, it's tough. It's tough where you see that kind of going on of why can't we have more of a balanced game where guys are just not, I guess, just not, just playing it a bit more fair in that aspect of things. I think it did dictate the game. I think that you can tell, especially that the fans were on top of the ref in the way. And you don't want to say that influences a decision, but man, like I'd be really hard pressed to say he wasn't giving away a lot of fouls that also, it was in the buildup to that penalty where he missed two or three that, come on, if that's not a foul on San Antonio, I don't know what is. That to me is my biggest gripe, that it wasn't just that it was a bigger disparity in the cards, but it's when they were, when the whistle was blown and when it wasn't. That to me, the timing was off. Yeah, I think that, look, I mean, the one yellow card that San Antonio ultimately did get was... And I know I tweeted about this. We all have a good laugh about it because the fans are trying to get on the referee's back for that one. It was probably the most obvious yellow card of the entire game. A uh, very late challenge comes in, uh, mm. makes relatively glancing contact, which is why it's not a red, in it, but it's still in a very reckless manner um, mm. with the lower leg of Babacar Jai nowhere near the ball. And so, yeah, it has to be a yellow card. Um, I feel as though... Early doors, and this is, you know, I, I was sitting up here next to somebody else who also referees, and we were kind of dissecting as it went through what exactly he was doing. And it felt as though in the early stages of the game, something that we saw a lot from Sergio Demianchuk was that he was trying to kind of get involved, have a presence, and stop things from boiling over too much. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that later on became that there was... I mean, he was calling some very ticky-tacky kind of fouls. They weren't necessarily the most you-had-to-call-them kind of fouls, but he was calling them. And, I mean, that's that's fine. That's fine. Um, there were times when he was slowing the game down to talk to people. In, but, but as the game went on, those kind of management practices became, I feel, counterproductive. Um, he was slowing the game down too much at times. Um, he was getting involved i think the first time that he got involved three or four times by the way we we counted um where demianchuk ultimately used his own physical like i mean he made physical contact with players quite a few times to, to try and mm -hmm. get involved in things and that's something you don't typically see now it, it it got to the point where early doors when he did it the once you see it and think okay okay um you know, he's breaking up a potential confrontation there. I can live with it. I can live with how he did it. But as he kept doing it, at times it just felt disproportionate. And I fear mm -hmm. that that in itself gave way to some of the concerns. Now, a couple of things that happened. I mean, I know someone pointed in there the hands on Zambrano at the end. I, I mean, the referee in that case, what he has done is said that the trainer came on to see Renzo Zambrano and yeah. therefore Zambrano has to leave the field. Mm -hmm. To be clear, the trainer did not enter the field of play. Um, yeah. So in that case, 
look, there are moments where, I, I, I mean, it just needs to be said, you've got a team of officials out there. Uh, people entering and leaving the field of play is something the fourth official should be tracking. Yep. Um, and should be paying more attention to. And, and to me, that's something where the fourth official does need to speak up. Um, and if the fourth official has missed it, there's there's more problems there. Look, it's... I, I mean, with the exception of the red card, which of course is the critical match incident, and, and it's hard to look past that, I feel as though the refereeing was infuriating at times, but it was not decisive in terms of the way that the game went. The problem is, is that while, again, the penalty is justifiable, I feel you can make a solid case for why it was given. The second yellow card is is tenuous yeah. and, and broadly speaking does not match with, I think, how we would expect, how, to borrow a term from the IFAB, how football expects game to be played. I mean, there were other little things as well. Jose Hernandez clearly wearing something that was against... Um, I think he had some jewellery on or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what the broadcast so had to take off. Mm-hmm. Right. But they, they, then you get into the silly little things of, like, the player goes off to correct it, and the referee delaying waving him back on to the field of play. Yeah. Um, and it's silly little things like that that just generally, generally are, are not helpful. Now, you know what, I'm going to address something in here because the chat are actually spamming it in here. Um, and it's about Danny Trejo being the one that was subbed off yeah. when Jose Andres Hernandez comes on. The reason I'm told is that Danny felt something in his leg. They don't think it's anything very serious, mm. um, but he said he felt like a little tweak, and so they decided to take him off instead of Arteaga in this case. I gotcha. will say that, broadly speaking, that I if, if it wasn't for that, I would agree with what people are saying in the in the chat, which is that it should have been Artiaga to make way. Agreed. The, the argument t- that, that yep. Juan has said is that Danny felt something in his leg, and that's why they made the decision to take him off. No, that's that's good context. I mean, I see Bendito's Bluebirds comment, why sub Danny and leave Mr. Immobile up front. I'm assuming he's not meaning Immobile, because that's an entirely different comparison there. But uh, That's a reference to Manuel Artiaga, nah. let's be honest. Yeah, no, well. Fantastic job. Great detective work there, Owen. Well, let's, speaking of great work, let's get into uh, the stats for tonight's match. Rather quickly, what's inside the box score? It is a one-to-one draw, like we mentioned. Kind of crazy. I mean, XG, listen, we always say it doesn't tell the whole story, but in this case, I think it's pretty darn accurate. Rising with 0.24 XG, San Antonio with 2.37. Uh, dare I say, Rocco Rios Novo standing on his head a bit at times. Rising out possessed, 44 to 56. Folks, you do not have to scratch your eyes. That is a real stat on the screen. Three shots to 17 for San Antonio. Rising only hitting two on target versus eight. For San Antonio. That's like a FIFA stat or something. A couple more that are actually not on the screen there. Just food for thought. Rising actually lead the league as they have conceded three goals in the first 15 minutes of the second half. No other team has conceded more often in that period. So something where rising seems to not only start slow in the first half at times, seemingly in the second half as well. And then the second one is you thought the disparity was possibly within the yellow cards, not just there nine 
corners to San Antonio, zero that's, for rising. And yeah, I, that's, I'm not even indicative of the way I'm the game not was saying played. that's part of refereeing. I'm not no, saying it's that. nothing I'm, to do with the refereeing. I'm not, I wasn't saying that. All I was saying <laughs> is that's another disparity. It has nothing to do with the referee, but I'm just saying a stat that was very heavily one sided. That is, yeah, I, I was not implying that. But it does go to show that this was something where, again, we look at this game as a whole and you think, based on how the team played the first half, you're thinking a draw is a, a good result, but not a good performance. After you watch the last half hour and how this team held in, and I've even seen some people in the chat, you know, I've seen Pat in the chat saying, I don't think they just bunkered back. They actually pushed up a bit and they were trying to go for the win at times. I think if you look at this performance as a whole, knowing how bad rising started, knowing how they were holding on at the end, and you know that you're going up against, uh, you know, at the time, the West champs, I would say that it's a good result, 1-1 draw. Lots to work on, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I will say, and this is something I, I know, look, Max, you were saying that Rising didn't really just bunker down. I tell you what, I'm going to drop you. I know we've had this graphic before in the past. We don't have it to hand now, um, but I will read out to you what it looks like. We've spoken before about average positions, haven't mm -hmm. we? Um and how that has worked. If you look at the starting 11 for San Antonio, there are four players that have an average position in their own half. That is obviously the goalkeeper, Jordan Farr, Lamar Batista, Garcia, Maloney. For Phoenix Rising's perspective, how many starters had an average position in the opposition half? Give me a guess, Max. Give me a guess. How many players? Really wish I could pull it up in the separate Average tab position right now. in the opposition half. <laughs> who are they? Just give me a guess. Uh, uh, number or who individuals? Give me whatever you want. Probably say at this point, oh gosh, Trejo. Um, Trejo. I don't even know if Ar I mean, I guess Artiaga. Artiaga. They were both sure. in the center circle. Okay, that's fair. So <laughs> it, 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 this, this is the context that needs to be given here. Now, yeah. I, I will say this. You mentioned the first half and the fact the first half perhaps was a little bit of a, a disappointment in some ways. Let's, let's actually listen to Juan here because obviously San Antonio had more possession in that first half. We have got a clip from Juan talking about what he thinks was behind that in the first half. I think we're, we, it got to a point where, where we struggle. We said during the week that we want to control games and we want to make sure that we can have the possession and control games. But we also need to be humble enough and understand that we're not going to be able to control our games, and, and especially for 100% for, for of the game. So we came over here understanding that at times San Antonio was going to have the ball, that at times San Antonio was going to pin us back. And listen, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it, it was just probably, I agree with you, probably for like 12 minutes in the first half, we, we felt really uncomfortable. I was bothered. I was very bothered because we couldn't really find rhythm. We were trying to accelerate and go forward too quickly. And then it was causing losing possession, then giving them the ball. And then it was a, it was, it was a bit harder. Listen, we, we didn't come here to press them. We didn't want to press a team that was going to play long. This is why we press. We, we play with two strikers, with Manu and Trejo, and we play with a 10. That Fede was there. It was for that. But they were not throwing the ball that much because we were not putting that much pressure on them. And then they were keeping it. But we were fine with that. It was, we were understanding the, the part of the gamble that it was going to be having those two strikers and the 10, that we were not going to be able to press them as much. And this is what I think they were able to sustain possession. They're a good team, man. They did a good job tonight. I think we did a decent job as well. We can still be better. We will be better. We'll keep working. But this point tonight is important under the circumstances that, that, went, that went on in the game. 
Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Anything you got, more? You got anything that, to add to that? <laughs> I'm gonna ask you. You got anything more to add? <laughs> um, I feel as though yeah, it, it was it was pretty evident that Rising were quite, uh, I think just frenetic in that first half. It wasn't that joined up. I feel the first half as a whole was not that joined up um, from either side, really. Um, San Antonio got more shots off, yes, but if you look, the vast majority of their shots are coming in the second half. Yeah. Um, they didn't take that many in the first half, and, and Phoenix Rising ultimately got one at the yeah. very end of that first half. So, yeah. and maybe it should have been more. I know that we're going to see, and now I'm going to reference it, we're going to see more people come into the chat and want to talk about the fact that Manuel Artiaga did at the one point start yeah. to have a little bit of a breakaway. Yeah. Yes. Get it. And actually, at the start yes. of the second half, we saw a similar thing whereby there was a very good ball to him, and he had a very, very poor touch that ultimately gave away what could have been a fantastic chance to put Rising in the lead at that stage. Um, 100%. Well, it's, and I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I think this thing will definitely, definitely, I definitely want to get more into, you know, we're going to have the Artiaga discussion. And, you know, it seems something that we always do, I think, tonight really more than ever where there's such a fine margin. Um, it's something that we're going to continue to have. I think this one will flush it out a bit more tonight. But we got to give props. want to bring it up, the mood up just a little bit. Some of the good performers for tonight's match, right? I see Tyler shouting out Kev Lambert in two different super chats. First off, got to thank you, Tyler, my guy. First off, shouting out his pink boots. The man looking for sharp, as always. Our captain, our general, as I think, People are might have calling him in the chat. I don't know if they're done. No, no, no. The, the general's chat. a reference to somebody else, Max. Fantastic. The general cool. is a Making reference sure. to somebody else. All right. I'm going to move swiftly past that. But no, thank you, Tyler, for the super chat. And then another $2 super chat with, remember my guy. Hey, man, it's another solid performance. You understand who he is. You know, get you're getting from him all the time and really just that performance there. And then I'm also seeing a lot of love for Rocco, right? I'm seeing Pat shouting him out for Rocco, man of the match. Uh, you know, other nice things. Uh, Michael shouting out, we stand a short king. I'm going to assume that's Rocco. Don't know who else that would be. Um, and Devin even saying that penalty was almost a save, right? Rocco really was with many standout performances. And that was tough uh, when we were talking about our man of the match. Because it's something where, you know, really almost gave it to him. I uh, really did have a fantastic performance. But in these fine margins, I mean, to me, in my mind, you got to go over to the goal scorer. And it is Danny Trejo. He is our Before anyone comments here, before anyone comments uh-huh. here, by the way, this is picked solely by Max, just for just for reference here. Thank you so for if you, if you that. don't like uh-huh. the decision, if you think uh-huh. that it should have gone to Rocker mm-hmm. Rios Nova, mm-hmm. please direct mm-hmm. all hateful comments to Max himself. Awesome. Appreciate you throwing me under the bus, Owen, while you stand in front of that shipping container or wherever the chat thinks you are. It's it's currently starting to rain here, did you know? Okay, well, hope it doesn't rain rain on your parade. Anyway, Danny Trejo with one goal, both of his shots on target, three successful dribbles in that minute of work. We all hope he is okay after being subbed out um yeah like i said many performances again giving it to the guy who uh you know made, made the difference especially with that touch and the way he set it up absolutely gorgeous i yeah there's a lot of guys who uh really had some good performances tonight and you know speaking of people who have good performances 
Got to shout out our friends at Circle K. They got great performances going on all throughout the season. Make sure you guys are texting PHNX to 31310 for some great giveaways upcoming. And take a look at Circle K for your iced coffee, for your Polar Pops, the different energy drinks, all that jazz. Make sure you're not missing out on anything that they have. Head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator again. Make sure you're checking out what they've got going on because they have stuff everywhere, including where you're at, Mr. Owen. Uh, and also, make sure you guys are saying what's up to our friends at Four Peaks. Hope you guys are joining us. For those of you who like the other kind of football, on April 27th, that is this coming Thursday at their A Street Pub. We're watching the NFL Draft. For those of you who have registered, look forward to seeing you guys there doing the $3 Red Burt Lager Pints. $5 pitchers, and of course, our PH Next special $3 kilts and wow pines. So, look forward to seeing you guys there if you're able to make it. And you must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Oh, look at that, Devin. Thank you for shouting out. Let's go, Max's ads. I love that. Gotta, gotta love that. What a nice guy. Um, oh man, there's, I mean, I think after a match like this, it's something where you can see the final result and it really doesn't tell the full story, especially knowing at how the team was kind of under the cost a bit for that last half hour. But I think where we keep on going back to, and you know, let's, let's have this discussion is it is, it didn't have to be that way. There was chances few and far between, especially in this league, when you're the way team, it's not going to always come in bunches. And in the first half, there were two moments where the ball was played over the top and with a better first touch, it's you're looking at a one-on-one opportunity. And there was, on the second case, it was a clear one-on-one opportunity that just fell a little bit too far in front. It's something that we've been kind of lamenting for weeks, how we want to see some movement in the number nine position. We've seen Jackson Conway every game seem to get a bit more time. First, it's mop-up duty, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20, even half an hour. And then this time around, kind of gets that little shine at the end. Not much to it, but... You know what? Let's have the the Manuel Artiaga discussion. Um, it was it was a tough get tough match for him. We'll call it what it is. It's time to see Jackson Conway. Yeah, it's time. I, I it's think. time. Um, yeah. I'm sorry when you're a number nine and you don't take a shot all game. Um, it needs to result in some pretty probing questions. Um, and and the problem is you'd normally say in a case like that, is it the service? I think that the service today wasn't great but it wasn't bad enough to justify not taking a shot. That's the key thing. Mm. We can point to the chances that he had, that he should have done better with. I'm not saying he had to score, but he had to do better with them. When you're a number nine and you don't take a shot, it's it's really, really got to lead to probing questions. And I think that we should see a bit more of Conway. I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the simplest way. I think, I think the thing too, is listen, strikers number nines are without a doubt judged on how they score goals and lead into the attack, which is as they should be. But the other thing is, we have said in previous matches, when you are not scoring and when you're not adding the attacking play, at least you have to be adding defensively or you have to be holding up the ball or you have to be helping a set of others. And I think to me, in addition to the touches going wayward, this was the this was one of those matches where. I really saw Artiaga getting bullied off the ball. He lost ball multiple times in hold-up play. He put himself in bad positions. And if you know as a striker you're being isolated up there and you're waiting for your guys to come up, you need to hold up the ball. You need to take a touch. It's easier said than done, but you need to find a way 
to take that pressure off you. And there's a difference between doing that holdup play and waiting for too long to actually let plays develop. And then it's past you. And he really couldn't strike that balance today. I, I, there's nothing really redeemable in my mind from this game that tells me you shouldn't switch it up and not just for a longer spell for Jackson Conway, give him a start. If you know, it's one of those stats, by the way, sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, I think they're actually relevant. So something you'll be saying there about how he's getting bullied off the ball a bit, 23 total jewels. He was involved in, he won 10 of them. So less than half of jewels. He won, he won half of aerial jewels in at six out of 12. And so, the question then, uh, he won possession in the final third no times. That's not necessarily a shock um, because, again, um, they weren't pressing. However, he also lost possession 16 times, um, which, look, we, we've we've got to be honest here. When you are a number nine, you've, you've got to meet some kind of, you're either getting the shots off, you are a big lump that is winning these battles, uh, or you are someone who's got pace. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just going through different things, and none of these things we saw from him tonight. And the problem is, is that it feels as though, barring yeah. the San Diego game, performances haven't quite been to scratch. Now, yeah. again, it, it's maybe he comes into it later in the season, but for now, we've got to judge on performances. We hear it every week. We hear every week that the competition in this squad is high. When this squad is fit, we're going to see uh, competition for the A-team. To me, Jackson Conway has to be given a chance to start because I don't think at all that, again, he's not winning jewels. He's not quick. He's not getting shots off. I don't know what Manuel Artiaga is doing at the moment on the field to justify not letting Jackson Conway get a start. I... I mean, it's there's only so much I think we can all say without we keep on repeating what we repeat and knowing what we've all been kind of seeing over the last couple of weeks. I think you hit it really well that there are a couple different profiles of strikers. I, I think of three right off the bat. There's the one who's going to create his own chance. There's the one that's going to create chances for others. And there's the one who is going to be the, the lump, as you call him, and be a bit of that poacher play. Artiaga, we knew, wasn't really the first two. So he have seen in previous matches, to his credit a bit, he has been a bit of hold-up play, and he is that poacher who scored that brace against San Diego. But really, you take away that San Diego game, there hasn't been a lot of performances where, like, to your point, where is he going to stand out enough to not give Jackson Conway a chance? And that's where we haven't seen it. And for people who are thinking, oh, but Jackson Conway hasn't done anything, it's because A, he doesn't have a lot of time, and B, even if he's not doing anything, again, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose at this point? Like, give yourself an reinvigoration. He is a big body up there with a bit more mobileness. He has a bit more running off the ball. I think this is something where if you give him a stretch of games, it could unlock a different potential in this attack and help to set up other guys where, you know, instead of eking out a goal, Maybe it's a second one. Maybe it's a bit more clinical chances. But to what you've been tweeting, Owen, earlier in this game, when your first shot does not come until late of the first half, you're not going to win many games. You're not going to even draw many games on that aspect. You can't expect to bunker in, I think, and always come out of them when you don't at least threaten the opposition. Um, and, and I feel like in the first half, they really just weren't overall. Um, 
I mean, actually, to give a bit more context to Manuel Artiago, by the way, I did pull up his, his season stats so far. Six shots on target over the course of six games. Uh, started all six of those, subbed off in four of them. Um, his, his dual success rate over the course of the year so far is 39%. Not great. He's not holding up against the more some of the more physical defenders at the moment, and and that's that's concerning. Um, again, I I'm just not comfortable with saying I think that he, he should continue starting ahead of Jackson Conway at this moment in time without giving Conway a chance. Now, if Conway comes out and and has a, a spell, like, you know, comes out and has a poor couple of games, I'm not sure. saying Artiaga is being discarded at this point. Sure. But you've got to give Conway a chance. Sure. I mean, you you have absolutely nothing to lose. You're eking out these results with him in the lineup, and you're seeing his deficiencies and his liabilities in that way. I give, give the different context. I think the thing, and I'm curious, maybe this is a more philosophical discussion. I don't know what is warranting him in being in there. Is it maybe there you're wanting to keep the continuity between matches? You want to build that chemistry amongst the lineup. That's just like my one thing I can even think of, but I don't even know if that's helping as much just because you've seen, he just doesn't have that link up play. So I, I don't know what it is. Chat. Can you help me out, please? <laughs> I will say though, actually, and this is a very good point in here. Look, this, uh, kind of like post-game show, it feels like we're talking about, it feels like last year, to be fair, the way we're talking right now. I think it's worth noting uh, as, you know, we've been, we've been spoiled watching Phoenix Rising play for oh, so yeah. many years. Today was not a dominant performance of the Phoenix Rising of old, but it's not a bad result at all. No, it, it's I, not it, a bad result. Again, you come away and get not a point away from home against the against the uh, the reigning champions of the league away oh, yeah. from home. Oh yeah. Down you, 10 I, men for, down to 10 men for the last half hour. Look, I, I know Juan says we don't we didn't come away to to draw, but like let, let's let's be real here. I think that most people if you offered them a point going into this game, they'd have taken it. Oh yeah. Well no, that, that, this it. is exactly this is where we let off the show. Our expectation going in to this game before it even started was if you're saying it's a draw we both predict we both predicted by the way shout out to us one one draw both predicted that what first time we've been on same page in a while that's freaking cool good job good job us but no it's it's something that doesn't happen often but when it does where this team goes out and gets that type of result you would take that to your point against a team of san antonio's caliber away from home and that's not even including you factor in the first half performance and you factor in the last half hour where you are down to 10 men, you'd bite your arm off for a one, one draw. I mean, honestly, that goal from Trey Hill came out of nowhere. You see, what the a XG, goal it was. you'll take this. 10 what a 10 goal time. it was. What a goal it was. Let's actually show oh, a bit of word. appreciation for hmm. that one. Uh, Trey Hill picking up the ball in the space where he does uh, yeah. laid off by Uzo to him. Uh, and finishes, let, let's be perfectly honest, he had to get that pinpoint accuracy for that to hit yeah. the back of the net, and he does. Yeah. He does. Jordan Farr didn't even move. It's, the man was was glued to the floor. It's a phenomenal goal. And if he can do that and keep doing that, and we know that in the past he's, he's managed to do that, if he can keep doing that this season, then I think that once a few other pieces start to come together, you are going to see this team continue to to push on and to ultimately 
look a lot more competitive than they ever did last year. Speaking of which, yeah. Harry is in hey, the Harry. Yeah, Harry, Harry we're wondering where you're at. Glad, thanks for joining us. Uh, Harry, yeah, while, uh, while, while we're chatting, please feel free to drop in your perspective of how you thought this match went. Uh, yeah, everyone, uh, everyone showing Harry some love. Well, yes, kudos to you, Owen, for shouting out uh, Trejo's performance. You know, some uh, might, you know, say man of the match material, but hey, when I drew that, apparently thought people thought it was crazy. They thought it was taking some OGs or something like that. And man, Sure wish I was, because that stuff would be freaking delicious. As we all know, people were saying I should combine into like a polar pop. That's that's neither here nor there, but would be tasty. But anyway, we love our friends at OGs. They got all the different types of flavors and strains and all that stuff. The Aqua Very Sleep Edition, the Strawberries and Cream, Happy Balance. You already know all the stuff, so make sure you find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com. Again, that's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Oh, and you can enjoy it after you uh, embark from really wherever uh, that background is. Again, the shipping container, wherever you're at. But when you get back here, why don't you go on over to Valley Tap Room? I know that today they are doing karaoke till 10 p.m. You know, it depends on when this uh, post-game show ends. Maybe uh, able to slink on over there and play uh, probably one of your favorite karaoke songs, Owen. But you guys got to check out. All I hear the that Max is going to go sing there now. He's heading right. out. All right, buddy. All right. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, anyway, check out all of the awesome things they got going on. Check out them on Instagram at Valley Tap Room and visit them off the 202 and Gilbert. You go there and Owen is there, which he has done on occasion. I hear he's going to buy you a beer, so why don't you go on and get to it, people? All right, I'm seeing... Yeah, we put them I'm, under the name of uh, Max Simpson. That's a weird alias, because I'm pretty sure that's identity theft, which is not a joke. Uh, but I'm a seeing a lot of... A couple of things, couple of things actually. Sorry, I'm just... Seeing, uh, I'm seeing love thrown Harry's way. We got to, yeah. gotta, you know, count out that. Uh, some good stuff over there. Let's see. Harry Rising just has San Antonio's number. San Antonio had chances. Just couldn't finish. You know, man, respect for Eric coming to the chat. You know, it's a one-one yeah, draw. Yeah, Everyone's yeah, safe. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what? I, I'm getting a few, few, well, two things I feel we need to address before we move on. on. Of course. Uh, number one is, and I've not seen anyone ask this one, Daniel Crutzen. I was, I was wondering that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You didn't, did you notice that he was missing? I, I noticed he wasn't in – yeah, I, I noticed he wasn't in the starting lineup, and I'm thinking, huh, my one thought was like, maybe it's like rest or something, but didn't really kind of add up. Please enlighten us. Personal reasons, he should be in the squad for Wednesday. Okay. There we go. So there is the okay. update. And the other one, people keep talking about this shipping containery background. I'm just going to say, I, I'm – There you go, okay? It's not a shipping container. It's the press box. Wow, that's a really nice. That's they. How did I don't know how they painted it to make it look like a pitch in the background. That's pretty cool. <laughs> this oh, is Orange County in 2020. They didn't have to paint the pitch. Don't worry. Oh, oh boy, that's a that's a that's, that's a an old dig. reference. That's a deep dig right there. Goodness gracious! All right, well. You know, it's it's we're getting the pulse of this match from everyone. I think the thing that you know, coming back around, there's some holes that need to be filled. I think there's a way where you bring in some of the guys who are missing, like we said, like a you know, fully fit, fully healthy Fetty Varela. You know, you saw you get a nice run out there. 
got subbed off uh, seemingly due to, I would guess, uh, you know, load management, minute allocation, all that stuff. See him work coming back, back from injury, yes. Yes, so. exactly. Yep. Come, um, you know, seeing Crutzen getting back in the lineup, maybe a refresh, hopefully a refresh, goodness, in the number nine position. And, you know, this team, it's one of those things where even when you're not playing your best and far from it on today's match, but you're still able to eke out a result like this. And again, so dang impressive in the last half hour. This could have gotten ugly, especially those chances. I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, man. Like not only like, I mean, shoot, I was hoping we just don't make it muck it up, but you know what? We'll take it. You live for matches like this because this is where it factors in. You have to take these one step at a time because it's a long season. This result, San Antonio is now in third place in the West on 12 points. Rising is up to eight with seven points and keep in mind this is with uh you know compared to some other clubs a game in hand now you know orange county right now if i'm uh seeing correctly playing they, the they're losing. playing they're playing uh what's it called ah sacramento no they're um, not orange county are playing birmingham legion max detroit oh, are whoops. playing sacramento my bad whoopsies uh Bang. Well, oh, geez, speaking of which, can <laughs> we run through the results so far today? Oh, yes, 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 please. The results in the USL Championship. In the 11-2, Monterey Bay, 3. Mm. Charleston Battery, 0. Louisville City, 0. Colorado Springs Switchbacks, 2. New Mexico United, 1. Mm. RGV, 0. Memphis, 901, 3. That's a big one. El Paso Locomotive, 2. Pittsburgh Riverhounds, 0. And the two latest scores uh, both coming towards their conclusion as we go live here. Sacramento Republic 1, Detroit City 0, and Orange County 1, Birmingham Legion 2. Mm. Mm. Uh, the update yeah. on Quajo, um from SE Collective asking here. Um, it is uh, What Juan said was that he was hoping that uh, both Quajo and Fede would be ready to go for this game. Um, that's what he said on Thursday but he also said that if they weren't ready for this game because it was going to be touch and go they would be ready for Wednesday so in this case I think the, the assumption here is that Quejo is expected to return for Wednesday's match in the Cup I know we talked about it a bit on last week's show. We kind of thought that uh, Fede would also be saved for that Wednesday match. Kind of surprised that not only we saw him feature a heavy amount but start Yeah, yeah it is, it is Perhaps surprising that he, he featured so much today. Um, but, hey, it, it's – he got a shot, which is – and the way that Ryzen came out, right, they came – Trejo was not playing as a 10 in the way that he he has them before. It wasn't like he the two 10s. Fede was more of the 10 there, and, and sure. the idea was for Trejo to, to be another an, forward with with Arteaga. So in that kind of case, I understand it. Um I think it's, yeah, it, it, it's those minor kind of tactical things that when you put that all together, I, I, I get it. Um. Hmm. Yeah, well, there's a lot still to kind of dwell on from this match, but I think we've kind of run the gamut at least from what we have talked about and kind of dissecting everything. I know I would, we're going to I would more. like though, Max. I want to get your take on this. You one. Got one more a big game me. tomorrow. Miami FC against Las Vegas Lights. Can Las Vegas remain unbeaten and yet be second from last in the West uh, with a draw there? 
Do you think so, they will, Max? That's so gross. Uh, no, they're taking an L. It's actually a, a match between the two teams last placed in their respective conferences. No, they're taking they're taking the L. Lights lights off. Going with Miami. Lights off. I'm not going with Miami. I'm going against Las Vegas. There's a difference, but yeah. Um, fair fair to him. Yeah. No, it's a it's a fair question. Um, always curious how these matches are going to shape up and what it means for the implications of this table. But there's a lot of implications next week and we got a big show on tuesday we are going to be joining us join us on tuesday at six uh we are going to be further breaking down this match and going into some more of the detail as we so often do during our post post match show um but then also breaking down this little uh open cup match on wednesday i hear it's uh it's a big one and it's yeah, a busy I, week. It's a busy week, actually, as a whole. There's an Open Cup game on Wednesday. There's another league game at home on Saturday. Yeah, they are. And I don't know. May, maybe we'll even have some extra sneaky little news to drop in as well, Max, at some point during the week. Ooh, sneaky, sneaky. I think uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe, we, uh, maybe we'll have a sneaky, sneaky news. But, hey, on the real, we appreciate everyone joining us. It's been a night. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Very active chat, as always. Uh, Lots of lots of shtick going on, giving Owen such a hard time for the shipping container background. Uh, always showing the love to me. We appreciate it. I'm not delusional. You're delusional. But no, join us again Tuesday at 6 p.m. for our usual show. So much to get through this week. And we're onward after that. But you can follow me in the meantime at Max David Simpson. You can follow Owen at OJ Evans 18. You can follow us, of course, at PHNX underscore underscore rising because Owen double the underscore. Double the yellow cards. Damn, nice. I did not expect that, but also double the fun. I appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your Saturday night and your weekend. And until Tuesday.